Good morning, First Lutheran Church. It's awesome to be here with you today as we worship together. Um, I want to say welcome to those of you who are with us here in our sanctuary for our traditional service. Uh, I want to say hello to those of you who are in our contemporary service and uh, viewing in through our simulcast. And I want to say hi to those of you who are watching online and anyone who's watching through TV as well. Hello. We are so, so thankful that you've decided to worship with us today and just to worship this awesome God that we have. Uh, so if you noticed on the screen, that is a different intro video than we've been showing throughout this series. That's because we are going to be starting a new series on January 10th, like you saw in that video, that was put together by the awesome Brian Schoberg. And uh, it really gets at the fact that we are worn out people. We, we deal with a lot of stress. We go through a lot of problems, but we have this good and beautiful God. We have this good and beautiful God who says, I want you to come to me so that I can restore your soul. You know, the word restore, it comes out of the word rest. Take a rest in God. Store up on his fuel. So that's what we go, we'll be going through. It's, it's not about what we can do. It's about coming to God and him restoring us. So we'll be getting to that in January, and I'm very excited for that, but we do have a series to uh, get toward the end of today. Um, and the series that we've been going through over the last few weeks is called I Will Be Home for Christmas. And uh, it, it's been a really good series, and the reason why we've been talking about home is because it's something that we have in common with one another. We all have this desire to get home, you know, we have this desire to be in a place where we're welcome, where we're accepted, you know, a place where we can be just us. It's home. You know, and it's my hope that through this series, we're starting to recognize that in Jesus, we always have a home. You heard it in the gospel this morning. Um, and if we could just pull that up, I would like to read that together, this promise that Christ has for us, where he says, you always have a home in me. I want us to just really take this in. So if we could pull that up, I think it's John 14, one through three. So let's read this together. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus will never forget us. There will never be unvacancy. There will never be no vacancy. That's how you say that. There will always be vacancy. There will always be more room in this home that Christ has prepared for us. It gives us hope. It gives us an eternal home. But take a look at the larger context of this story. See, just before John chapter 14, Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm leaving now. This comes within the story of the Last Supper. Jesus says, I'm leaving. Physically, I will not be with you anymore. So the disciples, while they have this hope, they're also dealing with a change. They're dealing with a change of home. Because up to this point, their home has been this community. Their home has been led by the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus who's come, the one who's been prophesied about. And they had these ideas of, well, he's going to be the one who leads us to, to glory. To worldly glory is probably what they thought. But Jesus says, no, I'm, not, I'm not the Messiah who you thought I was. I have other plans. I have another go-to route. And so the disciples are getting their home messed up. I think we can relate to that. Because as we go through our life, our homes change. 
And this time of year, Christmas, it's especially that time when we really start to notice that. Because Christmas is the time when we're supposed to feel most at home, right? I mean, whether that's fair or not, it's the marker on the calendar when we say, okay, this is the time when I get to be with my family. This is the time that I get to be with my loved ones. And maybe for you, though, Christmas is the time where it reminds you of well, what home should be. And maybe what you never had. And so you're frustrated about that. Because you saw it in your friends' homes growing up. You see it in your peers' homes now. You saw it on TV, how it's depicted in movies, what home is supposed to be. And it's what you've always longed for. See, this time of year, it, it marks on the calendar when things are supposed to be right. That's the best part about Christmas, because home, it brings up these great memories. But that's also the tough part about Christmas, right? It's the time when we're reminded that time kept moving. See, when I was a kid, Christmas was my favorite time of year by far. And honestly, I still consider myself a kid, but when I was a wee little Danny, not wee little Danny, but wee little Danny. So, I, uh, I would, uh, Christmas time was great because whether I was at my house or not, I always felt at home. I always felt at home. I always felt loved. My dad's a pastor, and so during Christmas Eve, we'd be at the church all day and throughout, you know, the entire night, and I'd be sitting there next to my mom, and she'd help me light my candle, and there's my brother and my sister next to me, and we sing together. We smile with one another. We laugh at one another. And then I look on the stage, and there's my dad, who I just— I mean, I absolutely adore. And I'm just so proud. Even at just this young age, I'm just, I'm feeling home. My family's with me. These people who love me, my church is around me, you know? And then after that, we come home in the middle of the night, and my grandpa Bartell is in town from Chicago, and so he's got this giant pallet of meats for sandwiches, and he's from Chicago, you know, so he's got the Chicago dogs, you know, and the pasta and the soup. And so we feast out in the middle of the night. And then I go downstairs and, and I sit on the bed with Grandma Bartell and she pulls out this storybook and we go through Christmas together. The, the story of Mary and Joseph and the birth of Christ. And after that, I sit down with Uncle Joe and sit on the couch and we watch, you know, the Christmas story because it's on all the time during Christmas. You can't turn the TV on during the season and ha not have the Christmas story on. So we watch that. The day after Christmas, you know, we travel over to Grandma and Grandpa Householder's house. And, and you know, we go and we sing songs with Grandma, and, and then we run over to Grandpa Householder's recliner, and we sit on his lap, and he's got that really cool recliner where, when it was still cool then, to have like a remote control controlling, you know, like if you could lean back. Or that was like the high-tech thing at that point. It was home. It was the best of times. But there's, there's this really tough reality about the best of times. And that's that time didn't stand still. It doesn't for anyone. It won't for anyone. See, time is it's kind of a cruel thing. It's cold. Because what we want to hold on to for so long, we realize we don't get it for much longer than a few seconds, it feels. See, no matter what tradition we have, no matter how strong it is, no matter how important it is, those traditions, they, they fade away. 
we have this picture of what home is supposed to look like. And I am not an artist, but this, oh gosh, that's a home. <laughs> and we have this picture, you know? And this is what home is. Do not make fun of me. I'm doing my best, okay? But that, that's home. But home changes. You know, maybe it's because as we grow, we grow apart from people. It's just what happens. Maybe the relationships we once had are broken. They got burned somewhere along the way. Maybe someone got sick, so we can't make that trip anymore. Maybe it's, it's what here on earth we consider the ultimate separation, and it's that someone passes away. My Christmases aren't the same anymore. They'll never be the same again. My home looks different than what it was when I was a kid, you know? And I want that back. And I think the disciples are kind of getting a picture of that. You know, they, they had this home, and Jesus is telling them, it's going to be different. How do we respond to that when our home gets turned upside down? Or even... Not when our home just gets turned upside down, but simply when it gets a little remodel. That's remodeling. The window got moved. You know, something got added, great, but something got taken away. It's a tough thing to respond to. And we see how broken the disciples are feeling in the way that Thomas responds. Let's go ahead and turn back to our gospel for the day. Our gospel passage is John 14, this time in verses 4 through 5. Let's just read the first sentence first. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus says, don't fear. Yeah, it'll be different, but you know the way. You know where I'm going. You still know how to get home. In the next chapter, Jesus says, in fact, I'm never leaving you because my spirit is with you. My spirit is here. You can't help but have it be with you. Just as the wind hits you in the face, my spirit is there with you. It's everywhere. It's better for you that I go. But we don't, we don't like that. No, God, I, I liked, I was comfortable the way it was before. I liked home the way it was. Keep it the same because let's see how Thomas responds. Thomas said to him, let's read this together. And when you read this, Read it in a way that reflects on how you've talked to God before. You know, in that way where it's a real prayer for you, when you're putting yourself into Scripture, when you're putting yourself into the story, because this is us. Let's see what he says. He says, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? What do we respond with when we don't know where to go, when our home starts to look a little different? Jesus knew. He called the disciples out on it. He told them, one of you is going to betray me. And when that happens, you're going to abandon me. All the disciples abandoned Jesus except John. Peter, his beloved friend. I don't know him. He denied Jesus three times. This is how we respond when our home gets shaken up. We have our idea of home. But when it changes, we decide, well, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from home. Great stick figure. It's time for me to not be here anymore because this home isn't what I thought it was. I need, I need to get out. Now here's the tough thing about that. Inside the home, it's safe. And I get it. You have to grow up eventually. You know, if you're, if you're younger here and you're living with your parents and you're in high school and maybe you're getting ready to go to college, I'm not telling you live with your parents forever. That's not what I'm saying. Parents, I, I promise I'm not preaching that to your kids. <laughs> At refuge on Wednesday nights, maybe. But when you hear, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, get, we, we grow up. We go out, we make a life on our own, and we get good opportunities. Maybe we can make a new home. Maybe we can have a family on our own, and that's great. It's a new home. But time keeps ticking. Time keeps moving. And when we make the new home, it gets ripped away. And when we get the new tradition with our new home, eventually it goes away. See, there has to be a home that outlasts the timing of this world. There has to be a home that conquers our temporary and finite lives. Otherwise, what are we doing? What's the point of all this? Here's, here's the answer. There is none. If this is all, if this is all we get, if there's not more to the story, if it just stops when we die, there is no point. Praise God we don't have to live in that reality. Because he says, my love, the home that I offer to you, conquers your temporary situations, your temporary circumstances, the finite part of your life. Because you, this being, you are eternal. Because you are my child, you are my son, you are my daughter, and I'm going to take you in, and I'm going to hold you forever. I just need you to accept that. Come and be home with me. But like Thomas, we step outside. And things outside aren't always lit up as well as they are inside the house, right? And so there's darkness that surrounds us. And suddenly, we can't necessarily see home. We're blinded. And we think we have an idea, because you know how when it gets dark outside, you, your eyes do start to adjust at some point? And so you think, okay, maybe I see it all. But when the lights come on, you're going to see some new things. Well, that's us when we're wandering. It, it's dark outside. Well, maybe I'll go and I'll make a home of my own. Maybe I'll try to make a home away from this home that God's created for me, in his love, within his peace, within his promise. Maybe I'll go try somewhere else. And the problem is when we try somewhere else, we get further and further separated away from our home. We get further and further, more and more barricades show up. More and more borders show up between us and the home. See, I think Jesus, I'm confident as the Son of God, Jesus knew this is something we struggle with. I mean, just look at, look at the story of the prodigal son. Jesus tells this story of, of this younger son who says to his father, I'm ready to move out. I'm ready to go on. I've grown up. Things are different from when I'm a kid. Father, give me my inheritance so I can go find a way of my own, so I can go find a home of my own. I've been there many times in my life. Many times where I thought, I'm ready. I'm going to step away. 
like I said, it's, there are points in your life where you need to say, okay, I'm going to go live. I'm, the, I'm now following the path. But when we leave behind, when we forget our home, when we say, I'm not from there anymore, I'm a new way, I'm finding a new home. How many of us have not been there? We've all been there. Frankly, it's kind of funny sometimes with how we get confronted with this. I've noticed that each time in my life where I take this new step of being an adult, of growing up, I get, you know, it, there's that whole pride before the fall thing. Well, my pride comes and then the fall is like right there. You know what I mean? So like, for example, when I started driving, like a month later I drove my car into my house. That, that's pretty hard to do. The house doesn't move. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous. Pride, hey, I'm on my own. I'm independent. I don't need to listen to my parents. I can turn up the radio. I don't need to pay attention. House. There's grace in that. That was nice. Anyway, I think, okay, well, as I get older, it's not going to be those problems anymore. I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to be able to handle this on my own. I can take care of it, you know? Well, even now that I'm an adult, I have had to call home within the last three years to explain to my mom and dad through conversation, hey, uh, yeah, I popped my tire on three different occasions. And then on another time, yeah, uh, I was visiting John, my older brother, and I, I popped his tire. And then I popped the spare. Uh, pride comes before the fall when we try to go out and we try to make this life on our own. More recently, if you notice my attire today, you notice that I'm not dressed as typically the pastor in, in, in the traditional service would, would dress. Uh, I, if I'm preaching in here, I, I, I like to wear a suit. Um, and the last time I preached here, I noticed that my suit didn't really fit well. I had to keep on pulling up my pants. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go, get, I am a grown-up. I'm going to go get this suit tailored. And it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to get it to look nice. And I can handle this. So I go in, I get it figured out and all that stuff. And, and then I, I go, I, I go and I pick it up. And probably should have tried on the suit at the place. Um, because this morning when I tried to put on the suit, uh, the buttons didn't reach each other. <laughs> I mean, like, it wouldn't be appropriate to wear what I had. So, so this is what you get. <laughs> yeah, these are the nicest clothes I have other than men. When you, see, when you're young and you have a suit, it's a problem when you get a problem with a suit, you know. So this is what you get. Pride comes before the fall. We try to find our own way. And those are silly examples, but let's dig a little deeper. You know, when we try to find home on our own, in the wrong places, in the more serious stuff of life. It's what this younger son is doing in the story of the prodigal son. He takes his money, and the Bible says that just a few days later, he's in a hurry to get out. He's ready to move on. He gets out of the house, and he steps away. And we pick up in verse 15. Let's, let's take a look at that. Can we read this together? So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his field to feed the pigs. Now the reason why he has to do this is because when he went out, pride came before the fall. See, he chased his worldly desires. He tried to make his home somewhere where it wasn't. He tried to be something he wasn't. He tried to be something other than who he was made to be. He tried to find a home where home is not. And he lost everything. He lost it all, quickly. And so here he is. He has to hire himself out to a citizen just to feed pigs. Let's continue. 
He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. Do you see what happens when we try to make home somewhere else? Not only do we find out that it's not as great as we thought it might be, but we also forget who we are. See, this has a bigger impact on him than he thinks. He has lost sight of his true identity. He has wandered off. He's surrounded in the darkness. So now he's blinded not only of the things that are around him, he's blinded of who he is. He's forgotten that he is the son of his father. Suddenly now, he's no more than a servant. He just wants to be a slave so that he, he has enough food to eat. You see how the world treats him? No one would give him anything. When we go out and we try to make, make our home where it doesn't belong, we're just... We meet our match. We meet that point where we realize we just can't do it on our own. Home is a special place. And we have one home. And it's in our Father's arms. See, I I know this feeling. I know who my parents told me to be. Not because, you know, they wanted to control me, but because they love me. And in the same way, God says, I want you to be this way because I love you, because this is the way that's going to bring you the most satisfaction, the most life, the most joy. See, my dad, he always had this phrase with me growing up. He had it with uh, all three of us kids in the family. And, And I remember the first time he said it, he was dropping me off to kindergarten. And, uh, and I'm getting out of the car, and right before I get out of the car, he says, hey, Danny. Yeah, Dad? Be you. Kind of like, it's kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> and a five-year-old mind, like, yep, it's me. <laughs> like, do you ever notice, like, five-year-olds just run everywhere? It's not walking. It's like, I need to get there right now. And for me, I actually had this cool Batman backpack. So I'm like, yeah, it's me, but I'm kind of Batman, so in case you didn't get the memo. But this was a phrase that he continued to say to me over and over and over again. Get older in elementary school. Hey, Danny. Yeah, Dad? Be you. Don't forget who we made you to be. Don't forget how we raised you. Don't forget that we love you as you are. Don't worry about what the world says. Okay, Dad, be me. (laughs) It's kind of weird. Middle school comes around. Hey, Danny, yeah. Be you. Okay. High school starts. Hey, Danny. Yeah, Dad? There's some new stuff out there. Be you. <laughs> okay, I, I get it. Be me. First day of senior year of high school. Hey, hey, Danny. Be me, Dad. I get it. I'm going to be me. He drops me off to college. Hey, Danny. Yeah, Dad? Be you. Be you. Don't go chasing what the world tells you to chase. Don't go chasing what you've been confused at times to believe. Be you. I like to think that I listen to that a lot of the time. 
But there were plenty of times where I didn't. And and I'm not alone in that, right? See, because in high school, I wanted to be the cool kid. You know, so I wore my hair a certain way. I dressed a certain way. But worse than that, I, I talked to people a certain way. I talked about people in a certain way. You get to college, and I want to be the smartest. I want to outcompete everybody. And so I start to lose myself in that. I start to lose who I am. I'm trying to find home somewhere else. Trying to be someone that I'm not. And the interesting thing is that no matter how hard that I tried, the world gave me nothing. Where is the life? The life is found at home. The life is found in the arms of our Father who says, I love you the way you are. And it's not something that we can just put off. It's something that God wants us to experience right here and right now. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it's this beautiful verse. And we might not associate all the time as Christmas, but this is a Christmas verse. It says, the fullness of God's deity dwells in the body of Christ. The fullness of God's deity dwells in the body of Christ. Not just when he's an adult, not just when he's doing his miracles, when he's a baby and he enters this world. Now, right now, right now while you've drifted away, right now while you're surrounded by the darkness, to the prodigal son, he says, right now while you're in the pig pen. Interesting how those two places line up. The prodigal son is in the pig pen when he comes back to his senses. Jesus Christ came into this world as a helpless and homeless baby in a manger that was in a stable that was outside where animals ate. Would you put your newborn baby where animals lay, where animals eat? Jesus came into this world where we are at our darkest places. That's where Jesus meets us. And he says, not tomorrow, not later, but now. See, I always told myself, well, you know, I'm going to get back soon enough. I'm going to make my way back home. Once I realized I was going to seminary, once I felt this call to become a pastor, I was like, okay, at that point, I'll, I'll come home. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, I would not ever try to stand in front of a church without having, with, with, you know, being lost in insecurities and being lost in who I am and having issues, right? No one who stands up here has that problem. <laughs> Look at me. I'm not wearing a suit because I couldn't get it tailored right. <laughs> but the insecurities continued. Chasing after a home that wasn't my home continued. And in my first year of seminary, I, I, hit a, I hit a tough point. You know, I felt worried about how hard my classes were and, and if my professors thought I was smart enough. Coming to church here, and you guys are the most welcoming people in the world. Praise God for you. I mean, truly, praise God for you. But I can't help myself when I, th- how am I doing it? How am I doing there? So I try to chase these images of who I want to be. You know, chase home where home is not. And there's this trip coming up. See, my brother works for NASCAR, and my family, we're just huge NASCAR fans. We love NASCAR. And we were going to this, we were going to the Daytona 500. Oh. That was going to be home. (laughs) If you haven't been to a race, you can't judge it, okay? Just, (laughs) Jeff Gordon's the greatest athlete of all time. Yes, athlete. And you have to live with that. 
And I wanted, I, I wanted to experience home in this moment because my dad was going to be there, my mom was going to be there, my brother was going to be there. And it was great. It was an oasis for me in this time where I was struggling. But then it was time to go. It was time to leave. And as I'm saying goodbye to my parents in the airport, my dad comes up to me. Give him the hug and, hey, Danny. Yeah, Dad? I knew, it was, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Be you. Not what the world has told you to be. Get out of your darkness. Be you. Understand that you are made for more than the way that you're living. I finally got it. I finally understood in that moment. I can be me because I'm home right now. I don't have to go chasing home to a NASCAR race. I don't have to go chasing home when I chase an A on a paper. I don't have to try to reach home in in, in a way that I can talk, in a way that I can tell jokes, in a way that I relate with people. I'm home because Christ came to me, into this world as a homeless baby, and in my homelessness, he calls me home. There is only one way to get from here back to here. It's a God who lives up here, and he says, I'm going to enter right now, and there's only one way back, and it's through the cross of my son, Jesus Christ. Come home. I've made a way for you. Jesus finishes this passage when his disciples have asked him, where do we go? How do we know how to get there? He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Thomas, hear me right now. First Lutheran Church, hear me right now. I am enough. I am your home. And I'm here now. And when you've met your match, when you're with me, you have home field advantage. And these things that you thought you couldn't beat, when you lost yourself, I've won. When you're in your darkest of times, I've warned, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have dark times. That's not biblical. We, we know we're going to have troubles. Jesus says, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Come home. Be with that light. Get out of your darkness. Follow me home. Because home changes. People come in and out of our life, and that hurts. And we don't know what to do. But I want you to remember this. The God whose presence is in this room right now, the God whose spirit is here in and around us, is the same God who's with those people that you're missing. The same God that was there when you felt at home, the same God is here now. And more than just the people who are here on this earth, that God who's in this room is also standing in the same room as those that you don't get to see on this earth anymore. No, you don't have this communication with them, but you will be reunited. You will be taken home. You will continue in this home in the loving arms of the Father who says, no, this life isn't just it for you. Yeah, I brought home to you now. Wait till you see what's coming. 
Jesus reminds us, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And that's not some elitist, like, yes, Jesus needs to be glorified, but it's simply because there is no other way. That's just the fact. There is no other way. Follow me because I can take you home. That's what Jesus is telling us. Come home. I'm never leaving you. Just turn around. Surrender. Let me take you home. You please pray with me. Father, thank you for making your home among us. Thank you for, for dwelling here in bodily form. When we are feeling most homeless, you say, I'm here to make a home for you. God, I ask that you would move, it, move us in our hearts to, to be drawn closer to you. To remember that it's not about the homes that we might chase in this world, the homes that won't fill us up, the homes that don't give us anything. God, move us to your home. Consume our hearts, God, so that your home is the home we think about. So that when we have these troubles, we know that ultimately the home field advantage that you offer is more than enough. We'll always be victorious despite the troubles, despite the struggles, because you made your home among us. We get to have that victory. God, we come home to you now. Keep us home. Amen.